All right, I want us to take our Bibles and turn to Psalms chapter number 70. Psalms chapter number 70. And once you find your place, we'll uh, begin reading and have a word of prayer. And then after we pray, then you can, uh, we'll bring the message that God has laid upon our hearts. Psalms chapter number 70. And I uh, want you to look with us here in verse number 1. The Bible says, Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Let them be ashamed and confounded that seek after my soul. Let them be turned back and put to confusion that desire my hurt. Let them be turned back for a reward of their shame that say, Aha, aha. Let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. And let such as love thy salvation say continually, Let God be magnified. But I am poor and needy. Make haste unto me, O God. Thou art my help and my deliver. O Lord, make no tearing. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, God, that you'll bless the reading of thy word. I pray that you'll take the word of God and speak to us and through us and help us, Lord, uh, to have ears to hear. I want to thank you, Lord, for uh, the opportunity to bring the word of God. And I pray, God, that you'll uh, help us to be obedient to thy word. May we not just be hearers, but may we be doers of the word of God. And may you be glorified in all that will be said and done. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. I want to preach from Psalms chapter number 70 here in just a few moments out of verse number one. But before we do that, I, I want to do two things. I want to give you a background of this psalm and then also I want to draw your attention to one particular verse. Psalm chapter 70 is a psalm of David and is also a psalm of remembrance. Uh, in fact, if most of the headings you'll read under Psalm 70, uh, it even says a psalm of David to bring remembrance. And so what that means is, is that David is looking back and he is remi- remembering uh, what God has done for him. Psalm 70, if you take this psalm and you look in the book of Psalms chapter number 40, Psalm 70, a lot of what we read about in Psalms chapter 40, uh, in verse number 13 down through verse number 17, it lines up with what we read here in Psalms chapter 70. And so if you read this passage along with it, uh, you'll see that these verses are almost exactly the same as we read in Psalms chapter number 40. Also in Psalms chapter number 35, uh, David uses several of the same phrases and words words and terminology that uh, he uses here in this psalm as well. And so David wrote this psalm because he is at a place in his life when he he feels like God has uh, not listened to him, that God has forgotten him. He feels that God has forsaken him. You know, we've all been there at times in our life. We all have felt like that God uh, has forsaken us. And so David feels that place, he's like, he feels that he's at that place in his life uh, in this particular psalm. But when we come uh, to Psalm 70, uh, David also shows us something else. He's praying, he's remembering, but David is praying in an emergency situation. In fact, in verse number 1, you'll notice that David says, Make haste, O God, to deliver me, make haste to help me, O Lord. Again, in verse number 5, David does the same thing. He says, But I am poor and needy, make haste unto me. So three times in this psalm, uh, David... David cries out and says, make haste. When you think about that, uh, David is praying because he has an emergency in his life. And he teaches us uh, the importance of how to pray in an emergency situation. You know, I thought about, uh, as I've been preaching through the book of Psalms uh, uh, for probably a couple years or more on Wednesday nights, and I thought about how that uh, every time that we come to a psalm, how that it falls just perfectly in place with, with where we're at in life. And you know, that's the Word of God. As we look at Psalm 70 uh, tonight, we realize that 
Our nation is in an emergency situation. A crisis has come. Uh, something that we did not expect. And that's where David is in this psalm. And he teaches us how to pray in an emergency situation. You know, it's important that we pray, but it's also important how we pray. And how we pray when crises come in our life tells us a lot about our own spirituality. I'm amazed at how God has let this psalm be the psalm for this Wednesday night at this appointed time. It just reminds me of the power of the Word of God, and it also reminds me that God gives us a word for such a time as this. So when we come to Psalms chapter 70 here, and we notice that David is teaching us how to pray in this emergency situation, I want you to notice four things here tonight that we see here concerning David and this prayer. And I want to preach on that subject, on how to pray in an emergency. How to pray in an emergency. I want you to see first of all that David, when he prays here, that he prays in verse number one in an agony. The Bible said, make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. And David is praying in an agony here. I see his agony with God is all about speed. As he uses that word haste, he says, make haste. And you know, sometimes when we pray, we don't feel the urgency for God to respond as quickly as what we do at other times. I mean, there are things that I'm praying about tonight tonight that I'm sure that you are as well. And I'm asking God to do certain things and praying about certain things. And I know that God will do that in His own time, in His own will, and in His own way. And the urgency is not as great as there is in other things. But there's sometimes when we pray, we know that we don't have a lot of time. We know that, that it is an emergency situation and it demands God to respond in a very uh, a speedily manner. Now I know that God works on His own timetable and His way is always the best way. But in this text here, we see that David is agonizing and that in his agony, he calls out to God and that, it, that he is praying and it's all about speed. He needs God to, to answer him and respond to him in a quick manner. Amen. You know, sometimes that is how it is in our life. And his agony with God is all about speed. His agony with God is all about salvation. Notice what he said in verse number one. He said, make haste, O God, to deliver me. David is praying for one particular thing, and that's deliverance. You know, a lot of times in our life, we, we need God to deliver us. When we think about deliverance and we think about salvation, we think about salvation from hell. But I want to tell you something. God is the great deliverer. And you and I have been delivered far more times than just from the pit of hell and salvation. When I think about salvation, I think about God not just saving me from hell, but also think about all the other times in my life that I have cried out to God for deliverance and He has saved me from situations and from the snares of life. And and that's where David is at. He is praying to God. God, and it's all about speed, and it's all about salvation. Lord, would you deliver me? You know, I think about that old song that says, Our God delivers again. And I'm glad that we serve a God that delivers us time and time and time again. And David is praying and he's in an agony. And it's about speed. And this agony is about salvation. And then I see in verse number one that this agony is about sovereignty. He, he says, make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. David is praying to God in a sovereign manner. This is an SOS prayer from David to God. And in this prayer of 
emergency, in David's agony, he did not fail to recognize the sovereignty of God, that God is all-powerful, that God is in full control. Even in emergency situations, God has not lost control. In fact, I think we ought to be reminded of this, that God has no emergencies, that God never frets, God never worries, God never has to figure anything out. God is never concerned about the situation. God is always in control of the situation. And our agony, whenever we're in distress and whenever we don't know what to do, we ought to remember that in prayer, as we agonize to God, we ought to remember that just because uh, we're fainting, just because we're weary, it doesn't mean that we're praying to a God that has failed or has fainted or that is weary. And so David's prayer of emergency, uh, it involved agony. I see that he prayed in agony in verse number one. And then secondly, I want you to notice in verse number two and three that uh, David, that he prayed not only in agony, but David prayed through his anxiety. Amen. Uh, David says in verse number two, let them be ashamed and confounded that seek after my soul. Let them turn backward and be put to confusion that desire my hurt. Let them be turned back for a reward of their shame that say, aha, aha. And so David is not only praying in an agony, but now David is praying through his anxiety. In other words, David realizes that uh, there is pressure that is mounted within his soul. You know, I think every person, no matter how uh, great of a Christian someone is, we all know what it is to feel the pressure of anxiety. I, there are people that I know that uh, to be around them seemingly it looks as if they never worry about anything. Seems like they never have a, a burden or a care. Or it seems like everything that does happen in life, they just take it in stride. And it seems like that they're never stressed out. But but all of us have a breaking point. All of us in life, we have a, a place where that, that, that we feel like we can't go any further. And I want to tell you tonight, the devil knows uh, how to push those buttons in our life. He knows uh, the breaking point. But more importantly, God also knows that breaking point. God knows when, when we're under a load. He knows when. When, when pressures have mounted, when we have fears and worries and anxiety. And even the Apostle Paul had that, as he said in Philippians chapter number four, to be careful for nothing. Paul knew what it was to, to, to have worries in life and to have concern. But Paul said, be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. And so that's what David is doing here. David is letting his requests be made known unto God. But I want you to see this, that David... In these two verses, he tells God exactly what the pressure is that's in his soul. I think a lot of times people uh, are so stressed out. They're so full of anxiety because they don't pray. They don't, you know what praying to God about your problems and your pressure does? It releases all that anxiety that's within. You think about this. There are times when you can sit down and you can just talk to somebody uh, about your problems, maybe maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a spouse, maybe uh, maybe you've went and seen some Christian counselor, and you've went or you've sat down with them for the purpose of telling them what is in your heart, telling them the pressures, the anxiety, the fears that you're facing. And sometimes that individual doesn't have an answer for what you're going through. Sometimes they they don't have anything, no words of wisdom to give you. But just telling them, just expressing what's within, just releasing that anxiety that is in your soul. Uh, within that, sometimes you walk away and you say, well, I just feel better just telling that person, just telling someone 
I want to tell you tonight that there's no one any better to talk to about the problems of life than God. God knows the anxiety. I can tell somebody dear to my heart about the things that I'm going through, but the reality of that is they can sympathize and they can understand some of what I'm going through, but but they don't know everything that is within me, every thought, every burden, every concern that I have, but God, He knows it all. He knows everything, and David realized that, so in an emergency situation, David uh, is praying in an agony, but he's praying through his anxiety. Amen. He's telling God uh, what his enemies saw. In verse number two, he said, let them be ashamed and confounded that seek after my soul. He said, God, these these people are seeking after my soul. He, he's pouring that out to God. He tells God what his enemies are seeking, and he tells God what his enemies said in verse number three. Three, he said, let them be turned back for reward of their shame that say, aha, aha. David mentions that not just here, but even back in Psalms 40, David uses that same verse and, and David expresses, God, these are what my enemies are saying about me. This is what people are saying to me. He's expressing this anxiety. And can I say, when we, uh, when we don't pray, we panic. Amen. And when we don't agonize, we sit around and we allow anxiety to build up in our life. And the, even though you and I are going through uh, some difficulties in life and it may look look like an emergency situation around our country, around our nation tonight. We as Christians are not to live in fear. We as Christians are not to sit around and hide and worry and stress about all the things that are taking place around us because God is in control. Get on your knees and pray to God about the situation. Maybe it's the situation that we're facing as a nation. Maybe it's a situa- another situation in your own life. But talk to God. Lay it out before Him and trust Him and tell him the problems that you face. And so I see here where David, in this prayer, uh, in this emergency situation, David prays in an agony. David prays through his anxiety. But then I want you to see that he prays with appreciation. Look at verse number 4. The Bible said, Let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. And let such as love thy salvation say continually, Let God be magnified. You know what amazes me about David's prayer in this emergency situation? Is that even in the midst of all this uh, crisis that's in David's life, David stops and takes the time to show his appreciation to God. And you know, I think in the midst of the crises that we face in life, you and I cannot afford to sit around and just sing the blues. We can't afford to sit around and have the mullet grubs. And uh, the Bible says that we do sorrow, but we sorrow not even as others which have no hope. And I want to say tonight, we have hope. We have confidence. We have faith. We, we have a God that is able. Everything that's taking place, none of it has taken God by surprise. God may be trying to get the attention of our nation and bring revival. God may be trying to wake up our church members who have taken church uh, uh, for granted for so long, who has taken church attendance uh, uh, lightly, and now God may be pulling away for just a little while and letting us see what it would be like if what we had that was so precious and is precious 
Jesus to us if it was taken away. But regardless of why, the reasoning behind everything that is happening, what you and I need to do in this situation is not just agonize and not just release the anxiety, but we need to have appreciation. We need to stop and do what David does in verse number 4. I see that David uh, is seeking in verse 4. He said in verse number 4, Let all those that seek thee. Amen. You know, if we're going to show God our appreciation, we have to seek Him. And we ought to seek Him every day of our life. I, I challenge the church and I encourage the church on Sunday that through all that we face, don't backslide. Don't get away from God. Don't uh, put your Bible on the shelf. Don't let cobwebs get in your prayer closet. Uh, listen, don't, don't get lazy. Don't get slothful. Don't, don't, don't just kind of coast along and say, well, it'll all just pan out in the end and whatever happens, happens. No, your walk with God is the most important thing that you have going on right now. And may I say to you uh, tonight that you and I need to seek God more now than we ever have. David, in an emergency situation, in his prayer, David is seeking. And then David... David, notice in verse number 4, he's not just seeking, but David is smiling. He said, let all those that seek thee, look at this, rejoice and be glad in thee. Isn't that amazing? That even in an emergency, David's still got a smile on his face. I want to tell you, we ought to not walk around gloom and doom. I wouldn't have any confidence in people that had talked about faith and faith and trusting God and, and, and believing God and, and hard times coming and standing firm and then when they come they run scared or they, I believe we ought to use common sense and we're doing that and we ought to use wisdom but I wouldn't have any confidence in people that testified or preached or sang of, of faith in God and then when hard times come uh, they just sit around with the, with depressed with the gloom and doom. No, I want to tell you the God I serve is bigger than that. And he was good to me this morning. And uh, he'll, he'll be good to me tonight. And he'll be good to me tomorrow. Regardless of the outcome of anything in life, I still want to be able to raise my hand and say, thank you, God, for saving my soul. Thank you, God, for letting me be born in America. Thank you, God, for the blessings that you have bestowed upon my life. And I want to say to you this, morning, this evening, uh, when we think about David in this text, David is seeking God, but David is smiling. Amen. You know, those that seek God, they will smile. Living for God puts a smile on your face. I don't have the idea that, and I don't believe the idea that the closer you get to God, the more depressed or the more frown that you get. I think spirituality makes you happy. I think spirituality gives you joy. Amen. And when I look at this text here, I see David's appreciation. David is seeking. David is smiling. You say, how can David do that? I'm going to tell you, look at verse number four again. David is saved. Amen. He said, and let such as love thy salvation say continually. You know, David is not talking about something that he doesn't know about. David is saved. He's talking about salvation. You know, that's what saved people do. We talk about salvation. We talk about God saving us from hell. We talk, we talk about God saving us from the pitfalls of life. We talk about God saving us from ourselves. And there's a lot of things that God has, has saved. David knew about the salvation of God. And I want to tell you, in a time like this, in an emergency, you know what matters the most? Is whether or not you know you're saved. Amen. I don't know about tomorrow. Uh, there's been a lot of debate about whether or not uh, uh, the situation in America is real or not real. I'm 
not even concerned about that. You know what I know tonight? I know whom I have believed in, as I said Sunday, and I know that he's persuaded to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. I know that when I pillow my head tonight, I know that I'm saved by the grace of God, and I know the same God that saved me 32 years ago is the same God that is still with me today, and it's just good to be saved. It's good to know that in an emergency situation that I can still pray because I'm saved. My salvation has not changed. It's not been affected by any virus or anything that's taken place around the world today. David is seeking. David is smiling. David is saved. And then I want you to notice in verse number 4, he prayed with appreciation. David is singing. Amen. He said, let, he said let, uh, let such as love thy salvation say continually. Notice this. Let God be magnified. You know, tonight that is... That is the song of the church, is that God would be praised. Now's the time to sing God's praises. Now's the time to, to, to lift up the name of our, of our Savior. Though things may be changing around us right now, now's the time to give God glory. Now's the time to, to magnify the Lord. And I'll tell you what we say and how we talk and, and the terminology that we use in an emergency really tells what we believe on the inside. And David here is singing. David is not going to spend his time pouting. He's not going to spend spend his time pitying himself. I'll tell you what David's going to do. David's going to spend his time praying and he's going to spend his time praising God. You know what? I refuse uh, to sit around and and pity myself or pity the situation that I'm in. I refuse to sit around and panic. I I refuse to sit around and just, uh, you know, pout about, well, we can't do this or we can't do that or or we don't have this going on uh, right now. No, you know what? I just want to spend my days praying and I want to spend my days uh, uh, praising God and magnifying Him because He's still been better to me than what I deserve. He has done far more than what I ever expected. And I want to tell you, as I've said it many times, I want to say it again, my worst day living for God is a thousand times better than my best day living for the devil. And I want to say, my friend, that as Christians, what we ought to do in an emergency is we ought to pray, but we ought to pray in an agony. We ought to pray through our anxiety, and we ought to pray with appreciation for what God has done in our life. I want to show you one final thought here in this psalm. Not only is David uh, praying in an agony, not only is David praying through his anxiety, not only is David praying with appreciation, but I want you to notice that David is praying for assistance. He said in verse number 5, But I am poor and needy. Make haste unto me, O God. Thou art my help and my deliverer. O Lord, make No tearing. You know what David does in verse 5? David, he realizes, first of all, that he's helpless. He said, but I am poor and needy. You know, we have to realize in an emergency, what it does is it brings to light how weak and how helpless we really are. Sometimes in life we think we're in control because we are, are doing things. God has given us ability. And sometimes we think that with schedules and with, 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 uh, uh, with, with things that we're doing in life, we, we somehow deceive ourselves into thinking that, that we have some control over things. But the reality is we have no control over anything. We're helpless. 
We can't control ourselves. We can't control the, the circumstances of life. We, we can't control things that we're facing. And even the things that we're able to accomplish, it's only because God gives us the ability to do those things. We, we have no, no power whatsoever. We are just helpless creatures, helpless individuals. And David recognizes that. You know, when we pray, we ought to recognize that. We ought to remind ourselves and we ought to come before God in such a manner and say, God, I'm poor, I'm needy, I'm helpless. God, I can't fix anything. I can't do it. That's the way we ought to pray. That's how you get assistance in life. And David knows that, that if I'm going to get God's help and if I'm going to get God's attention, then I'm going to have to recognize that I'm helpless. And secondly, not only did he pray for assistance by recognizing that he was helpless, but he realized that God was helpful. Amen. He says, but I am poor and needy. Make haste, O God. Thou art my help and my deliverer. David realizes I'm helpless, but God can help me. I want to tell you, in any emergency in life, though you and I are helpless, God is helpful. God is full of help. God can do what doctors cannot do. God can do what surgeons cannot do. God can do what the government cannot do. God can do what you and I cannot do. God is able. I think about when Paul was praying for the church of Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 3. He prayed this prayer. He said, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. I'm going to tell you, what I can't do, God can. When I when I'm unfaithful, God is faithful. When I'm weak, God is strong. When I'm down, God is always up. Listen, when when I have no ability, God has full ability. God can do anything. And and I remember what uh, what, uh, the Lord asked uh, Sarah when he said, Is there anything too hard for the Lord? There's nothing too hard for God. God is able to do anything that that he, He wants to do. Even in an emergency... God can turn the situation around. And I want to say David realizes that he was helpless. He realizes that, that God was helpful. And then David realized that he was heard. He said in verse number 5, O Lord, make no tarrying. You know, I think as David closed this psalm, he also closed his prayer with the confidence. As he said one last time, God, don't leave me to myself. God, don't, 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 don't tarry. Would you come quickly? Just like a child as they cry out for their father, as they cry out for their mother, they know that as soon as that parent hears that cry, they're going to stop what they're doing and they're going to come running to their rescue and to their aid. David knew that. David knew that God wouldn't abandon him in an emergency situation. You say, oh, but David felt like God had forgotten him. He did. But you know what prayer does? David takes that uh, prayer, takes that feeling of abandonment away, and it gives you that feeling of assurance that God will hear and God will answer. You know, I don't know how God always is going to respond in an emergency. You don't neither, but we know that when we pray, that God will work on our behalf. God will move. God will do. We're living in an uncertain hour for our nation. However, I can say this with all the confidence and boldness that God is still on the throne, that God is still able. I'm glad that we can pray in an emergency situation. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to thank you for your goodness and mercy. I want to thank you that you are the God of all gods. Lord, you said all power. Jesus said all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. And Lord, I know that you can do all things. 
And I want to thank you that even in emergencies, you teach us how to pray. That we don't have to pray defeated. We can pray with confidence. As the Bible says, and this is the confidence we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And Lord, I'm glad that we can have confidence that in emergencies that you will hear us. The Bible says your eyes are over the righteous and your ears are open unto our prayers. Thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you'll take this message. I pray for every member of Bible Baptist Church. I pray, God, that you will speak to their heart. I pray for anyone that may be listening and anyone that, God, even right now, Lord, I pray that you'll take the Word of God and give courage and strength to those who need it. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.